Frank, before we begin our podcast today, I have an exciting announcement. Ooh, I like announcements. Did you buy something? That's the normal announcement. I have bought many of things, but this is not a James bought something <laughs> announcement. Cool. I want to welcome a new member to the Merge Conflict family. What? What does that mean? There's me, there's you. We have a new official editor and content producer here on the podcast. Our good friend, Luce Carter, who has helped me for many moons, many, very many moons, um, edit my website and has been now helping out going through all of our episodes before they come out and after they come out to ensure that she fixes up all of my typos and also (laughs) makes it legible in proper grammar. So already she has gone through all 104 plus of our episodes and made it so you can now read what the heck we're talking about. (laughs) I saw that this morning. And when I saw that it was 100 plus episodes, I was like, oh, my God, like, how do you not give up after 20 that is awesome. Though We actually have a professional editor. I don't know how we got to this position, but thank you, Luce. Yeah, I, I, I just prompted it. She she is going to be a partner. So in, you know, in, in all inside soccer, as I like to call it, we, we have Luce on a uh, on a retainer. So we're not just getting this for free. We, we're paying Luce to do this. Uh, so, oh. as, you know, uh, as a side Wait, hustle, okay. you got to have the side hustles. Yeah. So but she's yeah, you got you got the side hustle. And, and we're really excited to have Luce join the team as an official member, making this a great podcast. And she's helping out with a bunch of other podcasts over here uh, on Soundbite FM. So I'm really excited. So that's my news. That's my yeah, news, Frank. That is actually really cool. Um, she's been a great fan, <laughs> a patron for a long time. So it's super cool that we get to work more closely and that people will be able to read your writing. That is a huge benefit, I guess. <laughs> exactly. And that that's all what we really want at the end of the day is nice, legible show notes for all of our <laughs> listeners. She also said that it, it'll be good for the uh, pedance, penance, penance. I don't know how to say the word now that I realize it, but she'll make sure that all the grammar snobs are happy. Yes, that, that is. And, and she's from uh, the UK, so it'll probably have a UK. Oh, jeepers. You know, Okay, Jeepers which, which color? No, no, C-O-L-O-R, please. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think there's a U in there, right? No, no, there's, there's no. no U, no U. Uh, yeah, yeah, so that, that's exciting. That's my news. That's all the news I have. But that, that's all that's happened in a whole week? What kind of life are you living? Haven't you been around the world in a week? Isn't no, that I'm usually what happens? Done traveling for some amount of time. I'm into the PM role. I'm all about telemetry and meetings and email. <laughs> that's my life, Frank. You're managing projects slash programs slash people? Yeah. Uh, yes. No people. No people. It's very important. Uh, we have a uh, we have something called, uh, I mean, I see an in- individual contributor. And I, is that, mm-hmm. I think that's what it is, an IC. And I have no one reporting to me. And that's very important because I don't know how to be a manager yet of people. <laughs> and I don't want that responsibility. Did you ever oh, manage man. people? Yeah, I have in the past. Um, I used to, I got up to about a team of seven. And at that point, I was already screaming in my head. (laughs) But I think like three, you can handle. Seven is where you got to actually maybe read some books on how to be a manager. Because like, oh my God, it's so easy to get overwhelmed. I actually don't mind the job. I think um, when I have a little bit more gray hair, maybe I'll become a manager. But I'll probably need to get (laughs) uh, beaten up a few times because it's a hard job. Turns out people are complicated and want lots of weird things. 
It is complicated. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. It's it's hard. I don't you know, I just I don't I don't know what to do necessarily when when I need to do those things. So I just don't do them. And that's that's my life. Awesome. Yeah, I see what's always kind of a coveted role at Microsoft. It was like, how long could you stay in IC, especially if you're an engineer, because engineers always get promoted. And you're like, no, I just want to write the codes. And so if you could be an engineering IC and at a high maturity level or whatever they call it, that's that's a pretty good gig. I don't know about this PM thing. You'll have to keep us up to date. My assumption is that uh, not forever, but I do have some <laughs> other cool things, which brings us to our topic. And you're right. I was traveling around the world recently. And I was over in Prague, which is a very beautiful, beautiful locale in our world. And I round, uh, I, f- I found uh, a gentleman I was presenting on stage with at a keynote of M Dev Camp, Peter Steinberger. Do you know Peter Steinberger? Uh, no, tell me. It, it's interesting. I figure that you would know of him only because Miguel also mm. follows him, but I don't know. Oh, geez. Not keeping up. <laughs> so he is a gentleman from Austria, and he uh, is the founder and CEO of the it's called like ps pdf kit and pdf viewer app for ios oh i know yeah. those okay, okay so that's cool i yeah. didn't know the so, name yeah so peter was giving a part of the keynote we each had 10 minutes and he was talking about kind of advancements in ios someone else was doing android and i was doing uh microsoft xamarin.net basically and what was cool about peter is a super cool dude and uh he was really excited about about the new ui kit inside of mac os thing that apple announced so much frank ah. that he showed me his application running inside and on a mac os like his ipad application running inside of it he has uh, it working how exciting apple yeah. told us it's going to be a couple years until what we probably even see this and it's going to enter a beta or something but you actually got to see it running, huh? So that is a good story. I think that I've seen around people have kind of figured out how to do it. Do you know? Uh, do you know what method he used or anything? Did he spill? Give you any details? Or is he just like, look at my hotness? No, look away. It's too bright for you. Well, so you know, I guess everyone's calling this the unofficial marzipan. Is that is that kind of what we're talking about? We're talking about marzipan. marzipan. Let's do it. Let's talk about UI kit running on the Mac. Yeah. Uh, the future that I'm hoping for, that I've wanted for a very long time. And yeah, let, yeah. let's do it. Let's deep I be- dive. I believe he may have been using Steve Trouton Smith's Marzipanify. I'm not positive. He, he didn't tell me. <laughs> but what he what he told me, though, is there was just a huge hackery file that you have to have. He said he changed minimal code and then it basically worked. However, he did say uh, as soon as he you know, debugged for more than 30 seconds, it would freeze up <laughs> his his Mac and he'd have to reboot. So there's that trade off. Are there some kernel hooks in it then? I wonder. Hmm, uh. Scary. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, for something that has only been announced and nothing else, um, I think everyone's using a technique where... If you install the new OS, Mojave, is that right? Mojave. Mojave. Okay. If you install that, then what? The stocks app and the news app and all of those have been Marzipanified, which is such a good name. Marzipan's the technology and Steve Trout and Smith. I I think we're going to give credit to him, Marzipanifying an app. And I guess people are just taking like this news app and reverse engineering it and shoving their own code into it and getting it to run. So how exciting. 
I have to imagine that these the hooks are there because since since those applications are running on Mac OS Mojave, you have to be able to do it. You just have to figure out how to do it. And yeah. it, it seems like you're just there's a bunch of code that's being injected into the application for I think the runtime, the Objective C runtime for into foundation mm-hmm. to bring it in. So like the APIs are there. And as long as your application is using those API surface level calls, then it works. And he said that he had to do very minimal work to get his nearly his entire application running. He said, <laughs> he said, well, I'm not, you know, taking advantage of the the the, the menu bar, for instance. So it just has sure. a toolbar toolbox and it has all that normal jazz. But mm-hmm. he goes all in all, everything like works. He goes the the mouse, Gosh. the keyboard, all the gestures. He's like, it just kind of works. It it's crashes, so but it works. You know, and it was really cool <laughs> to see. He's like, let me show you. I was like, cool. I was like, okay. but right before we go on to stage, he's like, let me show you. It might crash my Mac, but whatever. Let me show you. He's oh, really excited about gutsy. it. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess um I, I just I've been keeping a tangential eye on uh this kind of uh it's called hackers. It's a good word. These hackers mm-hmm. making this work. And I guess the biggest problem is just not all the frameworks are ported. So the moment you touch something that hasn't been ported, yeah, it just crashes. But gosh, doesn't it make you kind of want to start thinking about like, oh, maybe I could try my app in this kind of hacky approach, or maybe I don't have to wait a year to see if uh, my app will work well in this scenario. So I thinking maybe myself, I might start looking into this and see just how big of an ugly hack you can make out of it all. Yeah. And and when I started to go down the rabbit hole, we, we had discussed this during our WWDC you know mm-hmm. uh, podcast a few weeks ago, but I, I went a little bit further and I just wanted to kind of fully understand what was happening because I think there's still a lot of confusion as to like, what is this thing? And is this good for mm. the Mac? I believe, and that's yeah. what I want to address first. Okay. The, I, you know, for, I think when we first talked about it, I only had positive things to say. And then I was listening to an episode, I think of ATP accidental tech podcast, Marco ring a bell. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think they were a little, I, I think it was John Syracuse again, <laughs> having kind of a negative opinion. They're like, well, it's not really a Mac app and it's going to have these inflated buttons and all that. And I honestly can't remember why they were kind of down on it. But the whole episode, I'm like, no, I disagree. This is only good. <laughs> so where do you stand on the good versus bad? Well, yeah, so the good versus bad, I believe it is. All good. That's what I'm going to say. I think it's all, all good, good, 100%. No, I mean, oh. I I think it is actually good and bad. Here's the good. The good is that what how they're implementing it is that they're not just throwing an iPhone application onto a Mac. That is not their intention or right. purpose. Yeah, I always did wonder if they were going to do that. Like, I guess in the back of our heads, we just kind of assumed, well, just ship the simulator as an app and just host these apps inside the simulator. But that's we don't know the underlying tech, but it, it's not that simple. They they took it a, a layer lower, better. Yeah, and, and they they optimize for the the touchpad and the touch bar and the interactions mm-hmm. on the keyboard and and moving a mouse and hovering over so you have that context. And and, and in fact, I think that that's good. And the, the negatives of thinking like, oh, this is going to be a huge bloated UI and this and that. I think it will definitely alter how applications are built. If you look at those three applications they shipped, those definitely look like a Mac slash iPad-ish app, right? And that could be the downside is that all apps on the Mac 
start to look the same. That could also be a good thing. I don't know, right? Like or, they have some uniformity. I don't know how you feel. You're a Power Mac user, right? I'm not a Power Mac <laughs> user. Well, I would say that uniformity has always been a plus for the Mac side. That's why people like it. There is a standard menu bar. It's always located here. These items are always under the view metal menu. You know, we there was a strong human interface guideline, the HIG. It told you exactly how a Mac app should behave. Now, as we all know, that HIG is very different from the iOS HIG. <laughs> so two different uh, in- interaction models. And that's why I guess Apple's been a little reticent till now to put them together. So I think uniformity, like what I don't want is kind of the, I, I like to make fun of UWP <laughs> for this. And that's because there's not much uniformity in a UWP app. Like you, you could have some big headings and scroll them around and things like that, but they don't dictate where the menu bar is and what items are there and how the clipboard should work and how like really down to the metal, like how a user interface should behave. That's not there. And so every app is a little bit different. And I think we've just seen this merger of the mobile world where, and the web, honestly, because every website could be different. I think users are becoming a little more accepting of diverse user interfaces, but you're always going to have the diehard Mac people that say on principle, we should have this uniformity in the user interface. Yeah. And my hope here was that with this extension that Apple would keep that uniformity. So for instance, the menu, I think it'd probably be the hottest debated topic of it, I think it just is, is, is the most dramatic departure from iOS to Mac is that menu bar and the <laughs> deep integration that every single app has. So it's almost muscle memory that you go up to that top menu bar to do anything where on iPad is not, there's yeah. usually a toolbar or UI view navigation controller that has all yeah. of your buttons in it where you do stuff in share sheets and pickers. So I don't necessarily know how they're going to address that or from a developer you have to go learn two systems and they're dramatically different, or are they going to port some common menu system over? I don't think right. they are. I don't, I think they're going to live separately. And I think that's where you can start to see fragmentation where if they let those bar buttons come on in, mm-hmm. I think you're going to start seeing a very different type of iOS application. Yeah. And especially if you just even If you just think about the details too, an iOS icon on a toolbar, okay, we have toolbars on iOS, we have toolbars on Mac, we do a one for one, we swap one for the other. But the icon style on iOS is very thin lines, hollowed out, you know, not too thick. I guess iOS 12, iOS 11, we're starting to add some thickness to our icons again, but it, it, it was a different style than Mac. Now, Mac itself is changing. If you look at the newest version of uh, numbers or pages, you'll notice their toolbars are becoming these big white buttons, but with a very thin icon in it. So I think that this has been a move that they've been preparing for for quite a few years. And they're, they've been thinking hard about how does an iOS toolbar turn into a Mac toolbar. And so I'm hoping that over the next year, these are the tiny little details because we know they got the general thing working. So I'm hoping it's these details that'll come through. Yeah, that's my, that, and that's probably when they need some time and why it's not official to even try around yet, because they're going to just be porting more and things over. And I think what they got right and why I think it is still right is that I, I haven't tested it, but I have to imagine that you can combine in some form or fashion app kit and UI kit. They didn't really 
state that? And I could be wrong, but did they state that your app has to be all or can it be both? This is all anecdotal, but I don't remember them stating it. And I did hear, um, again, from Steve uh, Troughton-Smith, that the moment you try to touch AppKit from a UIKit app, things break. Mm. Now, that could just be because we're in a very hacky stage right now, and it may, might be a feature coming. But the truth is, um, I don't really want to mix them. I don't see any point. There's nothing in AppKit that I don't have in UIKit, um, which any any diehard Mac user would just be screaming at me right now because it's such a vast library compared to UIKit. But if you look at modern apps, we have pretty simplified UIs these days, to be thoroughly honest. This isn't Windows 95, and we don't have our 800 Visual Basic controls that are all sorts of different. Um, it's just UIs are kind of boring these days. <laughs> so I, most of the controls I use are, are there. It makes sense. There's going to be a certain type of class where uh, of application where this makes sense. And then there's other certain types of applications sure. that this will never happen, like, um, <laughs> you know, VS Code or Visual Studio for Mac or Xcode. They're never going to be UI kidified. Oh, that's funny because I plan on going the reverse direction for sure. <laughs> You're going to put but, everything uh, in there. Well, let's talk about that in a second. Let's take a break, Frank, before we talk about all of your beautiful applications. Let's thank our awesome sponsor this week, SyncFusion. They help you deliver awesome software quickly by offering up over 800 components and frameworks for .NET and JavaScript platforms. I use SyncFusion myself for a bunch of my bar charts and graphs and a lot of my applications, but they really support almost every single platform out there, including just, you know, web, you know, ASP.NET Core, MVC, Angular, React, Vue, just JavaScript, they name it, jQuery-based, they do that too but they also support mobile and desktop. So Xamarin, UWP, JavaScript-based apps, desktop with WPF, UWP, and WinForms. And what I love is that they offer this super vast and rich toolkit for absolutely all of these platforms. So some of the new things they were showing off to me recently, I had them come on the Xamarin show, uh, was a new Kanban chart, which is like full project management. You just say new Kanban chart, boom. You got all your stuff, rows, charts, collapsible views, all these things, drag and drop, everything's in there. They also do a lot of customization around those charts and graphs and grids, um, which is really great. So like line, you know, spark lines and sunburst charts and tree maps. So all these great data visualization, but they also improve the baked in controls. So they have, you know, things such as checkboxes and combo boxes and advanced list views that do all sorts of things like swipe to delete, for instance. So I, I love this stuff. But more than any, I get this question all the time is, I just want to display like a Word document or a PDF. How do I do that? Well, SyncFusion has you covered. They have awesome support for file formats, not only to view and render like PDFs and Word documents, but also to create them on demand, which is super cool. You just say, oh, I just want a new thing. Boom. Good to go. And I got a PDF. Done. Just super simple. And what I love about it is that they have a great free community edition of all this great software. And then you can pick and choose exactly what you want. So you pick, oh, I just want, I'm just doing Xamarin stuff. Just give me that. Boom. And then that handles everything. But the community edition is great because if you're making under like a million bucks and you have under five developers, then boom, you get all the controls, all the stuff for free. So where do you go right now, right this moment while you're listening to this podcast? Well, it's in the show notes. It's syncfusion.com slash merge conflict syncfusion.com slash merge conflict. Check it out. Tell them that merge conflict, send them your way. 
This week's episode is also brought to you by our good friends over at Visual Studio Live, the development world's trusted educational provider of developer-focused content all the way since 1993. That's right. This year, they're celebrating their 25th anniversary of developer conferences around the United States. They focus on awesome topics such as Visual Studio, DevOps, ASP.NET Core, Angular, and Xamarin. And they have four upcoming shows this year that you can attend in person, and I'll be at a few of them too. The next one upcoming is Visual Studio Live Redmond, right here in Seattle, Washington, at the Microsoft headquarters from August 13th through the 17th. They also have upcoming shows in Chicago, September, San Diego in October, and the big one in Orlando that I'll also be at in December. Now, what's really great is that you can get $500 off any of these shows by using the code MERGEConflict, all one word, at checkout. So check it out at vslive.com to see not only the Redmond show where I'll be at, but also all the upcoming shows for 2018. Thanks to VS Live for sponsoring this episode of Merge Conflict. All right, now we're back to the show, Frank. <laughs> I think Syncfusion's gonna love Marzipan. Ooh. They can take all of those controls and all of a sudden they work on a Mac. Nice. Mm-hmm. I think that there's mm-hmm. gonna be a lot of great perks and trade-offs for library creators and a lot of other things going forward. But let's pick up right where we left off, which is you were saying that you're going a different route. So I want to know, we've talked about the tech, but think about your apps. Are you, do they make sense? Because you have a lot of Mac and iOS apps. Mm -hmm. Like what is your strategy going forward? Burn down all the Mac apps (laughs) as fast as I can. (laughs) It's so much easier when you have uh, one API to work with. So even if there is a difference between the iPad and the Mac version that can be uh, detected at runtime, the app can manipulate itself to look better on the Mac versus the iPad. You know, it can adopt the correct traits. That's so much easier with a unified code base than literally like a split user interface layer, which is what we've had to do in the past. And so 100%, my goal is to get all my iOS apps onto the Mac and then retire the Mac versions once they're at feature parity. Do you think that then there's like legs for AppKit? And do you think that, I mean, this is speculative (laughs) because from you, you're like, I'm I'm done, you know? Which is terrible because AppKit is good, right? It's it's a good little, not little, it's huge. Should this, <laughs> should this episode be called Burn AppKit to the Ground? <laughs> no, please. Okay. No, I want some cred in the Mac okay. community. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, I am a one-person dev shop with multiple medium to largest projects that I have to maintain and work on and keep keep up to date. And so anything that simplifies my job is a boon to me and and my users because I can focus better on one thing. So anytime I can consolidate, I'm willing to add, you know, 5% more code to make the app self-adapt itself to the Mac and turn things that were white into gray, you know, whatever the heck I need to do to make it look like a Mac app. 100% I'd rather do that than maintain two different projects. Yeah, it's it's really interesting because like UWP did this previously, like Microsoft did this, you know, they're like, oh, we're just mm-hmm. going to make one platform for yeah. developers. The yeah. problem was that they didn't have this huge user base already that was doing either desktop or mobile apps to bring them <sighs> right. over. So that's kind of the, yeah. the that's where Apple wins. That's when they got it right. They they had this they have this huge 
They just waited 10 years. They, see, Microsoft, <laughs> you just got to wait 10 years. That's all. <laughs> Always ahead of the game. Microsoft, uh, they're going to put that on Tombstone. Always ahead. Uh, yeah, UWP, we all expected like WPF to just be supported on the phone and the Xbox and everything. But instead, they're like, no, look, a new thing, UWP. And we're like, oh, God, no, not another new thing. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that was kind of the problem with the adoption of UWP. It's doing better now, but I know a lot of people that still do WPF apps, not UWP. So it's, there's still a schism there, which is unfortunate. Well, and I have this Calca uh, app right here, which is running on WinForms <laughs> inside of a UWP container. Win32 forever. It's the best. Yeah. It I looks a lot know better. How that technology works. It looks a Does lot it? better. Yeah. The well, I put a something. lot of effort into high DPI mode. Turns out, um, can I can I be an Apple fanboy for a minute? Go for it. You know how you support high DPI on a Mac app? How? You, you recompile it. Oh. You know how you support it on Windows? You add if statements and measurements and conditional checks to literally every line of code that changes any size of anything in your app. And it's terrible. Okay, that's off my chest. Rant done. <laughs> high DPI. High DPI on Windows. It's fun. <laughs> um, so, you know, yeah. Uh, if I, I would like to turn uh, Kalka into a UWP app, but that's a bit of work, unfortunately. But it's already an iOS app, so it'll turn into a Mac app just fine. Do you believe that? Do you believe? Like, because here's the concern: is like, what if you do go down this path, and then there is like just something that doesn't work, right? Let's say iCircuit, and you're like, oh, I already have it. You've spent years crafting <laughs> the the Mac application and getting in there. Yeah. What if it's just not good enough? And then does that just risk no. versus reward? No, no. Software, man, it's soft. You can mold it and manipulate it. If it doesn't do what I want, I'll hack it and make it do what I want. You know, it's like, <laughs> that's the whole point of software is is its flexibility like that. And I have just knowing Apple and how they design APIs and how they eventually do give you access to the lowest level. So at some point you can like, you know, just draw everything from scratch. Don't do that, but you could. So I, I have no concern that I'll hit some kind of roadblock or anything like that. Now, again, check me in a year. <laughs> I think I said this last time. I'll probably be saying, oh, my God, I can't believe they did it this way or that way. But that's just going to be whining. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's the, the 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 matter of the fact is that you can still get down into the nitty gritty of of it. Right. You can get into it. Yeah. And I'll get some sync fusion controls and plop them out and instead, and then I'll be all set. Oh man. I, yeah. Cause all they're going to have to do is just take their existing. Oh, that is a nice, beautiful world. Huh? But it's like, it's just free. <laughs> it all is, those, all, all those are just like, and now I have this running done. You know, I, I know of, a, I know of another big library that could benefit from this. What's that? You know, which one I'm thinking of mm-hmm. starts with an X ends with an S. Xamarin Essentials? No. Oh. oh, okay. I wonder if that'll work. Actually, I bet you a good, I'm going to go with, we should take bets. I bet you about 50% of Essentials will work. Can, I can I Marzipanify <laughs> libraries? No. No, no. <laughs> it's just for apps. No. I mean, the library gets included in the app, so you could think of it that way, but there's no need. It's just x86 or whatever they're going to have. I should I really look into that. Yeah, <laughs> because you, if you have a bunch of libraries, are you going to have to create some 
magical Xcode shared project or how's that gonna work i don't know yeah, these so are many questions <laughs> so i, I think, was thinking of xamarin forms uh, i think xamarin forms i've heard of is this gonna have a heyday on the mac and i hope that all the people that have written xamarin forms apps and i know there's at least a billion of you um <laughs> will recompile your app for the mac and make our world better because we like apps we're we're app users on the mac yeah, and it, and it already supports the, it already supports the, uh, the Mac OS. So what that, what that means is yeah. all would have to happen is it's just like update your, update your Xamarin Forms library, then done. Yeah, it, it'll be actually a real interesting question what Xamarin decides to do if they keep their Mac version going. I imagine they would since they've already put this much effort into it. And kill we it. should just call it like the app kit version. You're you're on the kill it side? Kill it. Okay. Kill, kill it. your babies. Kill it. <laughs> well, what you could do actually is you could have two. What they'll probably do is this. This is me yeah. knowing no inside baseball. No inside <laughs> baseball. I do not. I am not the program manager for Xamarin Forms. As David or now and my high level assumption is what they would do is something like they did for Android, which is they had two different activities. They could have two different app delegates, one for app kit and one for UI kit based. Oh, OK. For Android. Tricky engineering, but for, possible. For Android, they had a forms act or activity. And then they also had an app compat activity, which is like the default now. So you can yeah. get the material design and all that jazz. That's yeah. a little easier because the platform is shared. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then it's one big library, and then you just you you know the renderers are different. That's all it is. Yeah, it would be nice but because it, the the it'll look so much better. It'll just look so much better. And I think forms on the Mac will be good too because forms is a mobile UI layer. You know, mm-hmm. it's it just has this assumption of how controls are going to be laid out, how they're going to work, what their interaction model is with touch. And I think um, the AppKit version of Xamarin Forms has been a little iffy with like, how should it behave? Like, should it adopt the mobile model or should it adopt the AppKit model? So there's a lot of really tricky decisions to be made by the um, Xamarin Forms Mac team. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's like you you make one decision, you're going to piss off half the people and the other half on the other decision. It's, it's kind of tricky. But if you ha- are doing this iOS thing, then... Um, it just works. <laughs> it's yeah. going to be unified and have a consistent UI everywhere. And that's why I think you could do this strategy that I laid out, I'm not laying out a strategy for the Xamarin Forms team, but probably <laughs> is you could go down this route and just, you know, do, do it and just be like, all right, now you can easily flip the switch and then boom, your app is all this. And that's the default template. You know, that's how we document doing it because that'll be what you want. That's I think overall, here's my high level takeaway of Marsk ban of applications is that this is what people, especially cross-platform developers and iOS developers want. So there's two things. I don't know if it's what Mac developers want, but I do know that it is what iOS and cross-platform developers want. You summed it up. Boom. Yeah, because we all have our own constraints, you know. I said, I'm a one-person shop with multiple projects. Anything that simplifies is good. If you're a large Fortune 1 billion company, that's not how it works, never mind. But you might have the resources you can support multiple teams. Yeah. Then you don't care, maybe. The one gotcha that I threw out there that you didn't think about is that it will will only support macOS Mojave. How do you feel about that? 
yeah, I'm a little bit sad. And it didn't even occur to me. <laughs> that's that's what's hilarious. And the reason I'm a little bit sad, my father sent me a text recently and said, none of my computers can upgrade to Mojave. Oh no! And I wasn't sure if that text meant I'm so excited I get to go buy a new computer now, or if it was, <laughs> darn, I can't update my computers. I think he was actually excited to go buy a new computer, but not everyone's in that position. Not everyone can just go buy a new computer. So I definitely know people that are getting left behind by Mojave. And it might not even be Mojave. It might be high Mojave, you know, like the next one or whatever. Cold mm. Mojave. I don't know how that works. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're leaving people behind. Uh what can you do? I guess like I just recently updated iCircuit to iOS 9. <laughs> mm, yeah. That felt like I was leaving a lot of people behind. So it's just uh, it's just unfortunate way the computer industry works today. And given all the constraints and all that. Uh, it's trade-off. It's, it's how many people are using it. And the nice thing here, I, I think, is that if Mojave comes out, which it will most likely first before the approved macification of hmm. iOS applications occur in the in this realm. I'm curious, like, will Mojave come out this fall? And then next year we get to start using and developing with this thing, which means we'll have another six months of people upgrading their system. So we'll feel a lot more comfortable, whatever that statistic is. I have to imagine it is maybe lower on Mac. I don't know. I don't know what it is. <sighs> yeah, it's... I get into these arguments all the time, though, about uh, supporting old versions because there are a lot of old diehard Mac users. You mm -hmm. know, people still use those Power Macs from eight billion years ago, yep. and it's just really sad to leave people behind. It just it sucks. I, I just wish the computer industry didn't work this way. Uh, you know, life progress <laughs> progress for the greater progress, good. That's the word. Progress, yeah, progress is what you're working for for the greater good. That's all. <laughs> All right. Well, anything else you want to say about Marscapones? No, I'm I'm excited about it. You're excited because you wanted to do this episode, so I'm glad we're we're all on the same page with this. There's nothing uh, bad about it. I am excited because I've always wanted to create Mac applications, ah, and I have ideas for Mac applications, and I was never going to learn AppKit. Yeah, it really was a huge. It is. I look, I'm already using the past tense. It is a very large library. <laughs> I had already learned. I'd Okay, so I had already learned Android. I had already mm -hmm. learned UIKit. I already learned Xamarin yep. Forms. I already learned UWP and all the Windows versions before it. <laughs> I didn't need yet another, yeah. yet another button. UI toolkit. Yes, yet another button <laughs> with different events on button buttonification. Button. They have two buttons, button cells and button views. Which no. one should you use? Better read the docs. Nobody knows. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, good All times. Right. All right. Well, I think that's going to do that it for this, this week. We did it. We made it through a whole, well, I don't think it was 60 minutes, but we made it through a whole 35 minutes on, on Macification. That's good. I'm proud, of, I'm proud of us. I'm always proud of us, Frank. I think we're just excited. Go, yeah. go, go the future of technology, progress, whatever word you used, whatever propaganda you were spewing. Yes, that's what I do. Well, Frank, enjoy your, you know, we're recording this before 4th of July. So go ride your bike safe. Enjoy your 4th of July. Thank Thanks to all of our amazing Patreon supporters. You can go to mergeconflict.fm. You can learn about um, um, our Twitter accounts at mergeconflict.fm. You can send us an email with some feedback. What you think? Are you marscapanifying your applications or not? Uh, you can, you know, be a 
awesome Patreon and, uh, and get a bunch of stickers and things like that. And of course, uh, I will put a link to Luce's Twitter and you can thank her for making all of our things legible on the Twitters. Um, so yeah, thanks. Thanks, Frank, for, uh, for hanging out with me. Uh, enjoy your, your evening. Thank you. And there's no K in it. Marzipan. Hmm. What did I call Marzipan? I, I, okay, it's kind of cute. You can keep saying that. <laughs> Marzipan. All right, well, Frank, that is going to do it for this week's Merge Conflict. Until next time, I'm James Montemagno. And I'm Frank Krueger. Thanks for listening. Peace. Peace.